you're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Mate, get out of here with the podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of the Bossy Bitch podcast. I am your host, Elsa Mitchell. And today I'm speaking with someone who I think if she had a t-shirt made for herself, it would say, I'm Jay Barr, who the fuck are you? (laughs) (laughs) And you'll soon find out why. (laughs) Because she takes no shit from no one. (laughs) Hi, Jay. Hi, how are you going? <laughs> Have I built you up too much? <laughs> Maybe with the T-shirt, yeah, or depending <laughs> on who you've spoken to today, that could be very true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jay just knows how to get shit done. She is the queen of hustling and I love it, which is why I've made her come on this podcast today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I know it's taken a while because Jay's like so freaking busy. Um, We had to go back and forth a few times before I could finally be slotted into her busy schedule. Uh, Jay, for my listeners, I would like you just to tell them a bit about your story and kind of how you have ended up where you are today, which is really building a childcare centre empire in Western Australia. Um, well, I hope it's going to be a, a childcare empire. Um, I started in the industry 25 years ago, um, working my way up through all the different ranks and have worked a mix of small private companies to your big corporates, went through the ABC scandal many, many years ago. Um, so I've had a, a fairly big picture of childcare, um, to where it can be beautiful and it can be horrific. What was the ABC scandal? I don't even recall. So, um, Eddie Groves went, listed ABC early learning centres and that was at the time of the GFC when that hit, Um, and he had a margin call. So basically because he was one of the, well, he was the biggest childcare holding in Australia um, and got a margin call on his debts because of the GFC and actually couldn't pay them back, the government needed to step in and actually um, bail him out, to which he's actually gone to jail and there was quite a bit of, media and um, people getting done for fraud and shareholder trading and all of the fun that happens with that. Um, And that's when Good Start Early Learning started and became the not-for-profit sector um, that's got, I think, four or five different ownerships actually under that um, banner, but is the not-for-profit um, that sits up there in in one of the largest um, childcare companies in Australia. Yeah, wow. Um, and so you have recently started your own business, Sagewood Early Learning yeah. Centres. 
Yes. So from working and, and actually finishing, I guess it's my why to why I do Sagewood. Um, I, the staff that have worked with me for many, many years know that why is my trademark. Um, if you can't tell me why, then don't do it. Um, yeah. it yeah. So I have started Sagewood. I, I spent the, the previous six years to Sagewood actually building a company for somebody else that I put my heart and soul and life and, yeah, nearly killed myself to do. And I actually know that was true because I knew you throughout that whole process and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're killing yourself with how much you do for these people. You're like best employee ever. I was the best employee ever. <laughs> was the, I think, employee of the century and, yeah, they sold it out from under me and I, I nearly, I did, I nearly killed myself. I nearly killed my marriage, my family, relationships, the whole lot. So there was a very big um, perspective and reflection and um, and still a lot of looking back at mm-hmm. who I was then and, and who I am now, but that's where Sagewood came about because that company got sold to a big corporate and um, I became really unhappy. So I looked at what can I give and I, I'm very passionate about what I do and I'm very passionate about children in WA and, and in general that they actually get the opportunity for the care and education that they deserve um, and that would be good enough for my own child to where I've seen so many centres out there and so many operators that do this job for a business and don't give a shit. Um, And there's a hell of a lot of money that you can make out of this business. Um, So for me to where I do work my ass off, um, my passion and the business can actually come together. So... I know for me, like uh, my kids didn't do a huge amount of daycare, but I do recall putting them in one, can't remember what it was called, but I know it was a big chain one, and going, where are all the toys? (laughs) How come there's no stuff here? What do they do? It was like, no, nothing. It was just like, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah, and and that's probably the the bad side of this industry to where you have got some really great operators and some people that do a really fantastic job and then you've got the other side to where they'll set a centre up, put stuff in it and then they take it all out Um, or they don't replenish it and they don't give their staff budgets and they don't give ongoing um, input back into their centres and that's what brings the industry down and gives it a really bad name. Yeah, it's a tough gig, you know, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because you see daycares, they're hit, like you see one go up and it'll be a big chain of them, they'll pop up all over the place and then the next minute it's something else. And so they do. there does seem to be a high turnover with the sale of daycare centres. So why do you think it's such a volatile industry? Like why do you think... Uh, they seem to fail so easily? Um, I don't believe that they fail. I believe that people see the money that you can generate and that it's government funded mm-hmm. and they see that that's easy. Yes. And it's actually not. And it's like any business. No business is easy. You get in, you get out of it what you put into it. And it's 
an industry and a business that requires a lot of fluff and love and um, focus on staff, you have to keep putting in. And they make their money in a short term and then realize, oh, hang on a minute, now I've actually got to go and spend money to make money so it's easier to sell it. Or it's easier just to let it go and we'll tick by with the bare minimum and that's it. It's another one of those industries where the staff, it, it's a bit of, a, you know, a, not an issue, but obviously the childcare wages for staff are pretty low, safe to say. Probably one of the hardest working jobs there is. And people, you know, you're putting your kid in daycare, you've got to hire, you want the best person possible looking after your children. So I know of daycare centers where they seem to have it all together and, and and look you know on the outside looking in they look like really successful run operations but then the feedback um would be that the staff weren't cared for because i'd be going, why are all the staff leaving oh my god you had the best staff and though you know the feedback was that well the owners just don't give a shit we don't get any love we don't get any you know like they just yeah what, look treated at the best maybe yeah, and it's a it is a really tough gig. It's a it's a hard job. It's an emotional job. You're dealing with children that have been through trauma. You you have to become their school mummy, their their yeah, their second mummy basically. And it's a, a job that you go into because you love it. You don't go into it for the money because the money isn't great for what you have to do. You probably actually earn more money stacking shelves at Coles. But the the staff leave because they're not acknowledged and they're not appreciated for what they do. And they are understaffed with what they have to do. And I do believe that as the industry changes, staff are not trained to cope with how life and society is going. Um and we get given so many children that are trauma exposed. Look at Absolutely. you look at the amount of mental health that's going on with mums and dads and suicide and drugs and alcohol and abuse. And we get the brunt of that for the children for ten to eleven hours a day. Not to and mention getting caught in the crosshairs sometimes between the parents and the conflict. Absolutely. Like I know for sure it's coming yep. you've come across that before where the parents are arguing or fighting or you know, Mate, I've had parents actually, I've had to hide in a toilet before because I've had a parent wanting to kill me to pay fees. Um, so yeah, you, it, it's not just um, playing in a sandpit. You're actually dealing with violence. You're dealing with domestic violence. You're dealing with parents screaming at you. Um, you're dealing with kids screaming at you, hitting you. Um, I've had to cancel three-year-olds care and the language that comes out of their mouth is worse than what you would hear at the football. Like it's just disgusting. It's unbelievable. And it's so different because, you know, um, with school teachers, it's not saying that it's harder or either job's harder. I'm just saying it's different. You do face different issues. And first of all, you have, sometimes you've got the kids, what time do the centres open? Like, we open a.m. Yeah, 6am until 6.30pm. So sometimes you get them and they're still in their nighttime oh, nap. Yeah. Um, they're in their jammies. They haven't had breakfast. Um, I've had children arrive with curdled milk bottles before. Ugh. Um, Ugh. They're, they've got 
poo all up their backs, dried. Um, yeah, so and you can have them the whole twelve hours, and as well, they're little. They're little. And they are, so. Yeah, and that's the that's the burnout rate of the job, and that's where so many centres do it wrong because they don't, or owners do it wrong because. They don't actually see that. They sit either in a head office or they sit at home or they don't go into the centres and they don't actually see what the girls actually see and deal with. And and they deserve a freaking medal. And you've got parents on top of that that want their precious babies. Oh, yeah. And every, every baby is precious. I'm not being um, – I'm not pulling the piss. You know, they want the highest quality care for their children and, you know, parents these days, these days are a little bit more um, helicopter than – they used oh, to be. <laughs> we, we get parents that say they can't go in the sand pit. They can't have sand on them. They can't, you know, don't let them get paint on their clothes. And it's like, okay, well, well, what are we meant to do with them if they can't? We need to play with them. They're here to play. They're here to have fun. I mean, and I make centres with mud kitchens, and they they go home dirty. Um, but. Yeah, there's there's definitely the the helicopter parents that you're dealing with. There's every type of parent that you're dealing with, and um, to where you get some awesome parents, you get some nightmare mm. parents. That's and the, I'm the awesome parent that's like dirty them up, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and and parents like that. Yeah, we love. That's just awesome. Um, but at the same time, you feel really sorry for some families because we actually become their family because they have nobody else and they have no clue on how to parent. And I mean, parenting, I think, I mean, I sit there and look at myself sometimes and go, holy shit, like this is freaking hard. Mm. And I've been in this industry and I've been exposed to so much, but there's so many different stages of children and parenting that comes along that you just go like, wall so we we are everything in those centers and then yeah I, I sit there and have to be that sounding board to my staff to, to and then yes it's, um it's like whoa so on, <laughs> on that note how because I know I know that you have a good relationship with your staff and I know that you manage them very well but how do you how do you go about that how do you sustain those relationships with your staff how do you keep because I we, you know, no one wants that high turnover of staff. So, what is your approach that makes it different from everybody else? I think it's that level of empathy and understanding, um, and it's being real with your staff in an element of of that vulnerability and role modelling. That I'm not afraid to change a child's nappy. I'm not afraid to sit in a sand pit. And trust me, I've sat in a sand pit with high heels and a bucket hat on (laughs) in going, get my phone and ring and get more stuff here now. Um, So yeah, like I, I, I will do that with my staff, but at the same time, I'll take them for a wine on a Friday night and acknowledge them and, and give them that training and I guess it goes back to the values of of what Sagewood is of of nurture love and inspire if if I don't make them my family and love them then they're not going to love those children um and we all have good days and bad days and I'm sure some of my staff will go she's a pain in the ass and she freaking rises like anything yeah but at the same time um they get the rewards out of it and 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 it's like a child they know their boundaries and they know that 
they've got that sense of security and that trust and they can come to me with a problem and if I can't fix it, I'll sure as hell do everything I possibly can to try. And that's what's so interesting about you is that you you have this, you take no shit, you get shit done. I know when the percentages were getting build, build, builded, built, when they were getting built, um, I loved how you were just all over the trades. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not going to mess with you. You could probably run, supervise the whole project. <laughs> you know what? I've given my cuddle to the building supervisor at one of my sites today and took him a coffee and, you know, it's yeah, but at the same time it's like, yeah, no, knock that wall down. It's wrong. <laughs> yes, correct. You've got a no bullshit approach but then also you can be extremely empathetic and understand the importance of building the relationship and the staff culture. So, um, kudos to you. Um, <laughs> usually people are either one or the other. You seem to have both qualities. I wish I had a bit more Jay Barr in me in terms of the take no shit. Robust. <laughs> Look, that, that doesn't, it doesn't always work, let me tell you. you, yes. you again, it's a, I mean, it's just like life though, isn't it? It's you you have to set a bar and and I I set a bar very high for myself so I set a bar, a bar very high for my company and I sometimes let myself down with that but it's like you just have to keep trying and and ultimately it's about those children are so precious and if Addison was in and she's been in care and she was in care at 11 weeks old so I I get the whole process from you yeah. know a brand new mum that for where some some children need to be with us we have to give them the best they they deserve the best and parents are paying a shitload of money so we need to give it to them a lot of kids it's probably the best care they get is probably when they come to your center and because you feed them right do you feed them lunch and stuff yes probably the most nutritious meals they get um I, I'm sure that quite there are many situations where spending the day with you is probably safer and a healthier option than being at home, sadly to say. It is, it is sad, but in this day and age, it's actually very true. And so that's why I have to, yeah, push these builders and demand and make sure that it's the very, very best because they deserve to have the best because they are our future <laughs> so absolutely um, and yeah. I think because you have daycares in all different areas and you've worked in every bloody suburb there is in Perth I think it's very easy for someone like myself you know we drop the kids off we're probably living in a city suburbs probably middle class areas dare I say it you know, we get a little bit, we don't realise sometimes what else is going on in our own community with other, you know, families. You kind of just, you don't, you, you, you don't see it. And no. I think people, I think you would, <laughs> you could shock the shit out of so many people with the stuff you have seen over the years. It must be mortifying. Yep. And do you know what? Sometimes it's actually more mortifying for when you are in your better suburbs yeah well there you go and yeah and and that's actually what makes me angry um to where yeah you children don't deserve to be treated like crap um and it's yeah you can be in a bubble to what you think life is like yeah um 
but yeah, each and every year and and every time something happens, I think, my God, how the hell does that happen? I need to write a book, and then something else will happen, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> See, and I just made a judgment then, big time. I said that you know, I, like for me, I don't see any of this stuff going on, but you you've just called me out by saying, well, actually. The, you, know, you know, it doesn't matter what the demographic is, even in some of the probably, um, I don't know, what the fuck are we going to call them? Wealthier areas, better off families, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to say the wrong word, but fuck it. That's what they're called. Yeah. Same, like, de- like shocking shit happens everywhere with hmm. children. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I was totally judgy before. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, look, the, the judgment aspect is you – you need to just be prepared that absolutely anything can happen with any person that walks through that door. Yeah. At the same time, we're all real as mums and we all go through the same shit of uh, naughty in front of other people. They do all the things that you don't want them to do. They are angels for everybody else and horrors for us. Um, And yeah, and by no means, yeah, that I've got a perfect child or anything like that. Like mine gives me hell constantly and far easier to raise somebody else's than your own. Oh, why are they always nice for Nana? I'm like, why are you nice to Nana? This isn't fair. Yeah. (laughs) Even my mum goes, the second you walk in the room, they just turn. And I'm like, yeah, they they do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but we get that in the centres though that they haven't cried all day, and the mum walks in and they start crying. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, they've cried all day. You know, it's no good for them here. They have to get pulled out. You're doing the wrong thing." It's like, no, they've they've been happy all day. It is just That's you walking you. in the door. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, oh, shit, we don't they want to don't, actually. We don't want to get home. <laughs> don't want to go home. So, okay. Well, I'm going to ask you a super loaded question that you're probably going to hate, <laughs> and it could have a 45 minute answer. But do with it what you will. I would like to know what you think is wrong with the daycare system in Australia. Ooh, very loaded, very loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong uh what is wrong there's many things that are wrong I believe the way in which centers are given approvals to open is wrong yep I think as the, in too lenient or too not no I, I think that the councils and and as much as I'm building new centres and putting new centres in uh, and going back to probably a previous comment that you made with why do centres fail, why do centres get sold, why do, you know, why do those things happen? You know, you, I can look at new sites and within a 2K radius there's five other DAs in for new childcare centres. Yeah, right. So I believe that the government and the council should be policing that and controlling that to where is there a need because when you go back to staff, you're actually depleting staff to where, like myself, you know, I'll blow my own trumpet, you'll get staff that will follow you. Mm-hmm. So you're then taking staff away from a centre because one person leaves. Yeah. But, yeah, 
council's allowing another four childcare centres to go in that area and therefore people like Bright, New and Shiny, so they'll leave us and then it's actually killing someone's business when they might not be necessarily doing something wrong. So, yeah, yeah so council's definitely to blame with how they do the approvals and, and I'm shooting myself in, in the foot there with it because I want approvals but at the same time I don't think the process is, is right and and consistent and fair. Um, Plus, everyone I, likes to bitch about the council, don't we? Yeah, they're offending us. Everyone they're hates a- the council. Sorry, yeah. council, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, do you know what? They're so inconsistent with, yeah, they're so inconsistent with what, what they do. So don't get me started. I'm going to bag out the council. <laughs> yeah. I need to be very careful because I've got many approvals sitting in the council. So it's, it's lovely that they all do their job so well and so timely. Um, so yeah, so that's councils. Uh, I don't think that our regulatory, um, in assessment and rating and how they actually make compliance to the centres is fair and consistent. I think the media, like what was on Channel 9 two weeks ago, um, those stories are if I can say bullshit. Yeah. And I didn't see that story. What was that one about? Oh, look, they said there's 40 sanctioned centres in Perth. Now, there's actually more than that. Um, and there's a public list of when a centre actually gets breached. Right. Um, and things happen all the time um, to where some of them are justified, some of them are not justified. Um, and I've been on the end. Uh, well, when you've got 600 centres, 40 uh, is, you know, I mean, you look at, you want to pull compliance to businesses. I mean, you you could have a field game with that in any sector to who's doing right, wrong or indifferent. Yeah. And I think that the fact that the standard of one person coming through, a lot of the time it's down to their opinion of what they consider is right, wrong or indifferent mm-hmm. and how they're actually going to handle that yeah that's fair so you know it's the biggest problem that I have with the the way the industry is regulated is that it's inconsistent Mm -hmm. and the the rating system that is there you could be an exceeding center you you could run at full capacity, no staff turnover, happy parents, happy children, and you get a, a, a person come in to assess you and staff may have forgotten to wash their hands because they're so nervous that someone's watching them mm-hmm. and they get marked down in quality area two for hygiene practices yeah. and therefore they're working towards centre. Yeah. Now, one thing like not washing your hands when have a look at freaking coronavirus that's going on at the moment you know like really do and then you've got children with rotting teeth and and that's the parents like and you're going to mark a center down on where they do everything else right and they make one mistake yeah i just don't think is right um it's true. So, yeah, so I, any other businesses in any uh, any other sector, I bet if they got um, that same kind of scrutiny, would <laughs> yeah, the numbers would be the same, if not worse, probably. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you went and sat in the hospital, I mean, have a look at what the the children's hospital is under scrutiny with children dying because they're yeah. ignoring them and and yes. not, you know, like it's they're dying. Like yeah. you've 
there's very few children die in a childcare centre. I mean, I've thankfully in 25 years I've never had a child die. Yeah. Um, I've never had a child escape. Um, thank God. Thank God. Um, it is my. It's until it hits six oh five. I wait for a phone call of you know of something because you you just you never know and most of the time children escaping is because other parents leave doors open um it's actually nothing to do with the center it's someone else coming in um so yeah so you know I I just think yeah the the way the centers are, are regulated and um assessed is just not fair and consistent and and if I could rule the world um I would actually, yeah. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. That's for sure. (laughs) If I think the the way of fixing it in that I I won't give a problem without a solution. The the solution is to actually have more spot checks that centres can't just, like you said before, take all the toys out and leave them with nothing. Um, There's sort of like a three strike basis with it in giving people. The opportunity yes, to that's do fair. Right um, Don't so, get like three strikes on the drug count thing. Isn't that a thing? I think so. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> and, and, I mean, I know millions, it's not the same, but <laughs> yeah, they get millions of dollars a year to keep their three strikes. It's um, <laughs> I'm not on millions of dollars a year. Let me tell you. So I, I and would we're like not asking to be able to do drugs before we go to the childcare center either. Yeah. We're just saying, can you let us off Sorry. a couple of times for not washing our hands before? Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm definitely not saying we need to take drugs before we're going to work. So, we'll just, <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's. Uh, I just it, it's not consistent. Yeah. So, and then I yeah, I I think the the stigma of the wages to the fact mm-hmm. that the industry is mainly female, we're still seen as babysitters, even though what we have to do and provide is far more than babysitting it's far more than parenting god you guys yeah Uh, I mean I can I'm like I struggle just looking after my own kids like let alone 30 of someone else's and you know I just don't do poo I can't do it it for my own nieces and nephews I'm like sorry you're just gonna have to sit in that till your mum gets home (laughs) (laughs) we would be um probably on that and all over social media the worst center in the world so yeah can't can't do that can't on that that note jay i have one last question for you and you will like this one what makes your centers i would want to say better different to the other centers because you're new on the scene and you have a very strong mission and what and i know because i've been watching what you do and it's awesome but um Paint the picture. How is your centre different to, to the others? Um, I think I'm different because I think outside the box and I'm actually thinking from the perspective of a parent and from the perspective of a staff me- a staff member. So um, we're personalised. I'm, I'm on the ground. I'm in the centres. I'm changing those shitty nappies. I am in the sandpit. So for us, I see it as we are an extension of a family with beautiful environments, beautiful resources, um, and my staff are treated like my family. So, yeah, I was going to 
butt in and say that's the wrong answer. The answer is that you've got really cool toys. <laughs> I do have really cool toys. I have I have really cool toys. Um, yeah, I I've got cool toys. toys. I've been watching you buy them for the last couple yeah. of years and I'm like, that is some cool shit. I wish yeah, I had a kid to send to daycare. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and we do. And I've got all, I have got the best playgrounds. My playground team is just amazing. Um, so that well and truly sets me apart. But but my staff set me apart. That yes. Yep. And I've that's why amazing. I get you on here was because of yours. I know that you manage the staff well, and that is a fucking skill. Like, I think you ask any single person that owns a business, the hardest thing about owning a business, hands down, is always the staff. So the yep. fact that you, and in, a, in an industry where staff is probably a little trickier than others, I know that you're nailing that. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you about that today. And I think as well, like that, yeah, that is so transparent, like why your centers are so successful is because you've got the staff culture right. And it does start from the top. You set the tone for how your staff act and then that carries through to the children and their families. And that's exactly what you're doing. But you're doing it with cool toys. I am doing it with cool toys and cool uniforms and cool playgrounds. Exactly. Well, um, Sagewood Early Learning, um, it's only in Western Australia at the moment, but what are you thinking, Jay? Will you be um, Global, mate. Global. Give me (laughs) months and I'm I'm cracking the world. Because we're allowed to leave the country. (laughs) We are global. (laughs) That'll be my, I'll, I'll aim for the world and, and coronavirus will just keep me here in WA. Yes. So, yes. Um, I'll have to ask Mark McGowan for a, a G2G pass to um, get out of here. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Mark lets no one out. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember to wash my hands. Yes, so. yes. Um, thank you so much, Jay, and congratulations on all your new centres. You've been a powerhouse the last few years and I know for a fact no one works harder than you do, so you deserve all the success. Thank you very much. It's um, yeah, no, I have thoroughly enjoyed having a chat today, and um, yeah, thank we'll you. hopefully chat again soon. Yes, thanks, Jay. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group Bossy Bitch. Bossy Bitch.